the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate, and uh, we have a great show today. And I am going to talk a little about millennials, millennials, since I am with three millennials, <laughs> and millennials are the biggest buying block now. I mean, they they make up uh, the largest block of buyers. It was the baby boomers, but they're uh, I don't want to say dying off, but they're, <laughs> this is actually a bigger generation than that. Uh, there's more people, and uh, again, if you listen to Ace, myself, and Jerry, when we would predict that it's not going to go out of fashion, where we were in a recession, but people are always going to want, it's the American dream, and it's still alive and well. So I want to talk a little about what millennials would want in, 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 in when they buy, because most of your sellers, that's what you're going to end up with, yeah. a millennial. But before I do that... Uh, I have a question for you that came in by email. Um, It says, uh, Ace, I own a co-op. Can I get a home equity loan, or do I need the permission of the co-op board? Yes, the million-dollar question, and you will need the permission from the co-op board if you are looking to take out a home equity line of credit. Okay. So you have to go to the co-op board. board And and then what do they need before they come to you? Um, what do they need? A so, letter or something yeah, that says? Just, just a letter um, that says that the co-op board will allow them to take out a second lien because it will be a second lien on their mortgage. And, um, you know, it's the same process as getting a regular um, refinance mortgage or, you know. Right. Then but they I, will need the permission of the So board. you need, if you're if you're in a co-op, and I, I, I think with condos, probably easier. Kind of, I kind of as you can just I go think ahead you and, can get a, do it. Yeah. But du- double check, but Correct. for most, most condos. Most condos you can. Because, uh, so that's why when you're buying mm-hmm. real estate, if you're buying a co-op and a condo or a condo, you should be familiar with what you can do and what you can't do before you yeah. buy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I have a question that says, Dear Dottie, I legally sublet a condo in Queens. I know that the condo rules say that 70% of the floors have to be covered in carpet. Now, again, every condo has different Mm -hmm. rules, so this doesn't mean your condo has that, but this particular woman's does. Um, I'm positive the people upstairs from me have no carpets at all. It sounds like they're walking around in Dutch wooden shoes. (laughs) 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 That's a good way to put it. Uh, How do I go about this problem? Sometimes I think there's a hockey game going on up there. Um, As a subletter, who should I complain to? Well, I can only give you my advice, and my advice would be first to knock on the door of that person upstairs. 
and try to be, you know, say, look, I'm your neighbor, and I just, you know, I, I, I first of all, I should introduce myself mm-hmm. to you, and I certainly hope that I, you know, wish it would be just on a better circumstance, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm a light sleeper or something, or you know, I have uh, sensitive ears, and I'm sure you don't real, you know, mean anything, but if you could be a little bit, you know, or put some carpeting down. I would try to do that the neighborly way first, in a nice way, not confrontational. Uh, and then, if it doesn't work, then of course you would have to write to the uh, your board. The board. And they would, if there's if there's a, a thing that they're supposed to be carpeted, if they don't have it, then they're going to have to get it. But that, but if they can, if they, uh, if you tell them nicely first, I think that's better than reporting them as a complaint. I remember a friend of mine who was in a condo was where they have like a common pool and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So he had his radio on. It was actually my brother. Okay, <laughs> so he's like, then this guy said, lower that radio. And then the guy reported him really? to the condo, the, the condo uh, the, the, and he gets a letter that you violated. And he was furious <laughs> that, why did the guy just say, lower your radio if it bothered him? And then he was like, oh, I'm going to fight this. But then he was just angry, yeah. okay? So don't – remember, we have to live with people. Yeah, you get more with honey, right? Right. So try it. And you have nothing to lose. If it doesn't work, then go to, to the right way. The other one is uh, I want to move into my mom's New York apartment for the winter while she's in Florida. But the board said I can't stay there while she's gone. How is it possible for this to be legal? It's possible. It's possible, all right. Okay, and if you go back and look at the whole Madonna lawsuit, okay, she owns an apartment on the east side, and her her oldest children are old. They're in their 20s, yeah. I believe. And she's not in there a lot. She's traveling, you know, with her work. She wants her kids, to, her oldest children, to be able to move there when she wasn't around, and they wouldn't allow it. You signed something when you bought this apartment, okay? Your mother signed something when, you know, she... And and you have to read the rules, and it probably says that uh, children can't stay unless they're there. Now, uh, your mother can always try, and maybe they'll make an exception, but they usually don't. But it is legal if that's what they signed, because a co-op is, remember, not real estate. It's shares in a corporation. One more question before we do the millennials, and this is for you guys, Chris and Ace. Can you still get a stated income loan? And I think you better tell everybody what a stated income loan is because I'm not sure if they use that too much anymore. But can you still get it? That's a question. Not with the big lenders, unfortunately. Uh, Typically, there's other investors that would do the stated income. And what stated income is, it's literally you telling the bank how much you earn and without actually verifying through documentation, right? So not many lenders, especially A papers like the big banks, uh, would lend on that type of loan. But there are options, and, and you will be paying a premium on the interest rate, but there are options, especially for those that are self-employed. Um, you know, sometimes you're not really... Uh, you, well, we we, yeah. we did get in trouble. Yes. And when and I remember there was a time where somebody... The recession. Said, right, before the recession happened, where yeah. people said, well, how much money do you make in stated income? I, well, I make $5 million. Exactly. And you didn't have to prove anything. Mm-hmm. And that was not the only reason, but that was one of the reasons where people borrowed really much more than they could really afford to pay back. Correct. But as Ace said, and I think maybe next week we should talk about yeah. that, if you're self-employed, 
you might not be showing a lot of income. Exactly. And so you might need to know some <clears throat> alternative things you might do. The banks don't like to do stated income because you can really be a BS artist and make <laughs> up anything. Uh, and they don't. And the bank doesn't want to get the house back. Trust me, they don't want to be. They're real, not in the business to yeah. be collecting collateral. Right. They don't want the real estate back. They want you to be able to pay off your loan. So, um, I think that could be a good subject. I'm glad you asked the question, yeah. Christy. Uh, we will talk about that on the next show or the show after that on what to do if you have your own business. Uh, what what alternatives do you have? With uh, getting a mortgage, what what's best for you? Because you know, I haven't heard the word stated loans for a long time. Long. Okay. So everyone's asking millennials, 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 and I guess what's their age? They're about maybe 24 to I think the oldest millennials around 35, 36. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are entering the market in a big way. And I think I told you in the beginning of the show, they want to buy. They do. Uh, they want to buy. They believe in home ownership, regardless of all the papers that I could show you your front page covers that said, oh, they'll never buy, which you were all wrong. But uh, they are, and, and a lot of them now, the older ones, are having families. Remember, the millennials got out of school, the older ones, when we were in a recession, and they had high student loans, so they put off. You know, they lived in their mom's apartment for a little bit longer. They put off getting married till later. They put off having children. But now the oldest ones are having families. And so since I have three millennials, let me ask you, what do you, what, what do you think millennial, what, what do millennials look for in home ownership or in apartments and co-ops? Go. Um, you know, I think that millennials look for convenience. I think they look for, for places with low maintenance, uh, comfort. You know, they want all-around sustainability, energy efficiency. They, uh, most, In my opinion, most millennials are more cost-effective than previous generations were. In other words, they, they are watching the dollar a little more. That they, they don't need the mansion on the hill. No, because I don't think that millennials see, you know, where previous generations saw uh, bought a huge particular home in the suburbs where that was their Correct. status symbol, where millennials yeah. now... You know, they'll buy a smaller apartment in a great location, you know, with excellent amenities, you know, a gym, you know, laundry facilities, common space, uh, concierge. And and millennials now are moving so much. The average millennial moves like four or five times in a lifetime every 10 10 years. Well, that's more than uh, their parents did. So let me say this. Would you say, guys, that millennials, uh, it's about a lifestyle? Definitely. All right. Now, I remember growing up, I knew friends of mine that's parents drove an hour and a half to get, or two hours just to get to New York City. Um, And they bought a home out in the suburbs. I think, I'm not saying that they'll never do that. I said, but I think um, that if they can, they would much rather be closer to. Places where there's hubs. And if you're in the suburbs, and I try to stress this when I'm speaking like in Long Island or in Connecticut or Greenwich, which really the prices have not held up the way that probably out of all places, Connecticut really didn't hold up. Um, And it's a great, Connecticut's great, the schools are great. I think you got to stay open a little bit later. I think that smart cities where they have everything included. Um, do they look for um, 
Is there any particular place in the city that they prefer, do you think, or do you think it's just about convenience? I think we've seen a huge influx downtown, um, especially in Manhattan, right? And I think, you know, Upper West, Upper East, there's gentrification now of millennials that have actually started their families with, um, you know, newborns. They're actually going up there because there's values up there. But I think downtown has definitely been a destination, especially in the financial district's Wall Street area. Well, if you go back and um, go back to 9-11 mm-hmm. and you look, and by the way, I had this urge right after 9-11, and you were not allowed to go past a certain point. Yeah. I had this urge to go to the World Trade Center. I just had this urge. And mm-hmm. I got into a cab, and, I, and the cab could only go so far. Then they cut it off, and you couldn't go any further unless you were like a reporter or something. And I uh, took my license, and I went, press, and I just walked past three stops, which doesn't say much about the stops, but I was confident about how I said it. And I will never forget it. I stood in a Ralph Lauren store that was right across from the World Trade Center, and the Ralph Lauren store, the, the jeans and the T-shirts, everything was in perfect rows and order. Nothing was misplaced, but there was just dust all over. And you looked across the street, and there was a whole, you know, the world was gone. <coughs> and then next to it was a little church. Yeah. And there wasn't <coughs> even a window blown out. And, of course, there was signs all over. But if you go back, people thought that was the end. Nobody would ever live there. Nobody would ever want to be there. And if you go downtown now, now yeah. it's unbelievable. And I have to say it was the will of all the New Yorkers Definitely. who really stuck together. And they said, no one's going to push us out. Mm-hmm. No one is going to make us leave. We're, we're, we're here. We're going to be. And, and those values really went up. Yeah. You, I mean, you guys. I mean, here in, in, in the financial district, during the weekdays after work, it used to be ghost town, right? Even on weekends oh, yeah. as well. You couldn't. How now, you, now yeah. you walk outside and there's a million tourists, a million residents, and you have Brookfield Place, the Oculus. There's just so much gentrification here. So, right now, do you do you see them? I think I think um, Kyle, you said something important. They're a little bit more conservative than the baby boomers were. The baby boomers tend to spend way more money than they had. Uh, and again, this is a general statement. I'm sure there are some very big spenders in the millennials that spend more than they have. But in general, they're a little bit more conservative. And they want to have a social life. I don't know that they want to put every cent into their house. But if you're buying, if they were buying a property, what would they look for? Um, I would say they would look for you know clean spaces. So if you're selling your apartment... You know, declutter it. You know, put all the knickknacks away. If you have, you know, big heavy curtains, take them down. You know, they want to see, you know, natural light. You know, they're looking for conference, you know, for comfort. Um, you know, they like hardwood floors. If you have, you know, big heavy carpets, you know, get them out. Make it, if your apartment's small, make it seem as big as you, you know, big as you possibly can. You know, if you have dark colors on the walls, paint them white. Absolutely. And make it very inviting, very open. Definitely. And just make it seem like it could be, you know, easily move in and you're right there because most millennials don't want to do tons of work if they don't well, have to. There, now, I'm sure there's some millennials that are handies, and if not, they're not handy. Maybe their parents or their father or father-in-laws are. But they're not generally, uh, you know, looking for a handyman special that they have to put a million, that they have to really work every single... I won't name names, but I, I, I have a, a daughter that... Was uh, with someone like that. His house that he bought, uh, 
that was a in a beautiful area, a million dollars, but a teardown uh, is still in the same condition that he started. And he was going to every weekend get all his friends, and they were all going to come over and help him fix this property. And uh, I guess that lasted for a couple of weeks, and then the friends like were too busy. So I think again, there's always exceptions, but the millennials want a place where that gives them some flexibility. Uh, where they can have pets, roommates, children, and we're seeing more sharing now. Yeah. Are you, do you see with the mortgage business people sh- like people buying homes together at all? I mean, I don't think it's quite there yet, but I think you're going to see more of it. I just w- worked with a developer that's building in Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. This whole, and he's built it for basically millennials, and he's got like the apartments are. F- Certainly, so that you can share apartments. You know, they're they're less of a living room, but they have bedrooms. And I see in in, in certain high end uh, places, people buying properties together, which yeah. has pros and cons to that. Uh, do you think that they really they they really are about efficiency? They are. I think I think Kyle mentioned this too, right? They're about they're really big on community. So you know, I think for someone that has an apartment or even has a one-family home out east, I think, you know, keeping that in mind that a lot of millennials now, they're they're looking for a place to put, to lay their head and not, but not necessarily spend so much time in the home, but in the surrounding environment, right? So whether you're in, you know, close to a restaurant or shops or things of that nature, you know, looking into, and if you're looking to buy and you're looking as, as, real estate as an exit strategy down the line and millennials could be a potential buyer, these things should matter, right? So you should be looking at all these different aspects. Right. Now, I just want you to know that in New York, 88% of the renters that are renting in New York City that are millennials say they plan to buy a home at some point in the future. So, you know, there's such a great market. And, of course, all the tech companies that are moving to the city, I mean, it's, it's like amazing. Now, this was alarming to me, but um, that's why I think we should have a, a, a little talk on the next show or so on this. But there was a, a story that I pulled out. It was from the National Association of Realtors, and they say a majority of millennials need over 20 years to save a down payment. And the, how they estimated the time, let me see, they, they have New York. Uh, yeah, they have, uh, you know, the major cities, and they say that, it's going to take them like I let me see if I if I have this graph right where New York it says it's probably going to take them 40 years or something like that. 40 years. So, um I think that they uh maybe uh, are not being creative enough because the NAR usually has right information uh but buying is a goal and what's <laughs> happening is you know when I grew up the interest rates were like they went up to 17%. Yeah. So could you afford 17%? No, nobody could. However, the mortgage companies and the banks worked. The banks yeah. had to figure out an alternative way to help people be able to buy, and they did. And we uh, we refinanced. Yeah, and and there's a lot of options. I mean, we can talk about it on our next show, but 5% down, 10% down. It's available. And if there's a will, there's a way. Right. Now, yes. how much time do we have left? Okay, so we have, we'll finish this up. We, we're coming back. We only have like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Um, but we'll finish it up. We'll finish talking about what you should look for in a buyer. 
and what buyers should look for um, and what you should do to get your property so you get the highest dollar amount possible. We'll be right back. Posting your job opening to an online job search site is like drinking from a fire hose. You get more resumes than you know what to do with. Robert Half is the better way to hire. Our candidates are interviewed and custom matched to your exact hiring requirements. Quickly, satisfaction guaranteed. So what you need is just what you'll get. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust, at a time where it's difficult to find facts not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, You won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning, starting at 8.30, right after Morano in the Morning on AM 970. The Answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Have you ever had a legal question pertaining to elder law or estate law? Well, every Thursday during Kevin McCullough Radio, you hear from Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law answering a listener's actual question. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500. Don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 The Mission and Sunday mornings on AM 970 The Answer at 11. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, we're back, we're back. And you know we have a shorter show today because of the game that is on. So we were just talking about um, millennials and what they look for. And obviously they look streamlined. They like convenient living. Um, They prefer full service if they're uh, condos or co-op. They prefer full service if it's a single-family home. Uh, They 
like towns that stay open a little bit longer. So I think that's something that people that live in a community have to work on with their vendors because I see what happens. You know, the vendors will stay open if the restaurants stay open a little bit later and things stay open a little bit. If nobody comes, then you have to support it. Um, they have a strong demand for intelligent, connected technology. So I don't say spend a fortune, but I think Kyle told you, you know, uh, you know, with you know, make your house spiffy. Do the windows, do it white, take clutter out. That, but also, what are some of the smart things that you could do for not a lot of money, just to make it, make sure that you have it wired? Mm, convert it to a smart home, right? And so it's not that hard. It's it, not I mean, hard, right? I mean, I'm not somebody who's handy like that. But <laughs> I mean, so I had somebody do it for me. And my, but it's not that difficult, no. is it? No, not at all. You know, they have things such as wa- water filtration, where your shower head actually has fresh water coming down. You know, some of the millennials, they like mm-hmm. that. Um, but there's so many different creative ways. But I think Kyle mentioned it. Less is more. Um, keep it decluttered. <clears throat> keep the colors neutral. And if you can try to actually fix up your home before you actually list it, you know, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for a fixer-upper. You know, they're not as as invested in terms of, you know, going in and doing a construction loan or anything like that, right? So, you know, they like to have something that's new. So. Right, so some of the things that you basically, again, there's no rule of thumb because you don't want to spend so much money that you outprice your house for no. the market either. Correct. But really, you can get away with really doing things that are inexpensive. So, you know, in your kitchen, maybe you could just change the countertops or you can yeah. change some of the knobs um, just think, so it looks fresh. Donnie, you mention it all the time. The kitchen and the bathroom are probably the two most um, effective areas that you can increase your value in. Too. Yeah, and then, you know, if you're in the suburbs, make sure you know that you're, you know, that you have some pretty flowers and make sure that if you have stuff, you know, sometimes we tend to accumulate a lot of stuff, get rid of it, uh, you know, so that it shows clean. We, you know, I think it was 2020 did, and this is God's honest truth, they took me to an area that I had never been in, and they put it on live TV, and they said, you know, you have to, we're giving you $5,000. This house, it wasn't our listing. It wasn't a del- some of this house. With $5,000, you have 24 hours. They didn't even give me 24 hours to make this house so it sells. It was on the market a year ready. And with $5,000, I was on the phone, and they filmed it. And I'm calling the, the the contractor. You better get here. You owe me favors. You need to do this right now. And then I got a decorator. Like, you owe me. And we, with $5,000, you know, we painted. We pulled out the rugs. You know, and underneath the rugs were hardwood floors, which we kind of just cleaned up and mm-hmm. stuff. To make a long story short, I can't make it up. I have a lot. The thing sold, like, in three weeks. Um, and it was under five thousand dollars. It was a small house, and we it just was needed to be fresh. Mm. Uh, how do I call it? a semi facelift? Just <laughs> a, a freshen up, okay? Um, and if you um, you know, and if you can, and if you can do you know, if you can put in some energy efficient things, it's it's, it's smart. If you don't live now, if you don't, and I think that uh, from what I'm hearing and seeing. If you live, you know, far, far out in like, uh, you know, a big, big house, you might not get the same value you would have gotten back uh, years ago, but you're still going to make money. You know, that's the thing about real estate. Everyone's like, well, you know, well, if you paid 
$200,000 and maybe somebody could have somebody 5 years ago got 300 for 500 and you're going to get 450 well you still made money you know so i think that i can only tell you from my experience that real estate if you hold it is a good investment and frankly i haven't paid mortgages off and why would i when i feel that it's like free money now mm-hmm. Correct. okay and if you can leverage and keep a lot of your money because when your money's in the house it's not working for you you can keep your you can put less money and you have more buying power and are you going to do a show on for those people who don't have a big down payment and for those people who might be in their own business where you are not necessarily showing uh what you actually earn um some creative ways um, and there's always investors who are also give out mortgages because, truthfully, it's a safe bet. And the banks really will work with you. And, and have, don't they have programs and citizens for all our first-time buyers, too? Yeah, of course. We have a lot of programs for first-time buyers. You yeah. Know? And also, you know, if you're a seller and you're dealing with a market that you think is an entry-level market, I'd be a little creative. Like, I would maybe write... Seller will pay closing fees. Now, why is that helpful? Well, a lot of times the couple's working. They have two incomes. They can afford the payments, but they didn't save that down payment so that closing fees, you know, you could come up with some creative things. And the guys uh, on the show and the guys and everyone at Citizens, I don't want to say guys because there's girls too, uh, they'll be glad to give you some really good tips. And Donnie, another option could be that the sellers could pay the points to get a lower rate. To Could you explain that? I mean, we have a few minutes, yeah. so can you explain the points? So so basically, you know, a lot of banks will quote rates with zero points, meaning that's the base rate. So, for example, we just talked about a 30-year fix being at 3.25. You do have the option, if you wanted to get a 3% rate or a 2.875% rate for the lifetime loan, to buy points. And that's what I mean by sellers can actually buy these points for you so you don't have to pay anything additional out of pocket. And then you're a payment and your long-term affordability will then go down, right? So that actually opens up the, the, the room for more buying power, which is a lot more efficient than just okay. paying for closing costs. So if you can understand that yeah. as a seller. Exactly. If you're go- if you, you know, huge, instead though. of reducing the price necessarily, yes. first of all, your house will stand out amongst everything because Definitely. it says seller will pay points. Points, yeah. And remember, a lot of the millennials, not, not only millennials, a lot of people, it's hard to save up a lot. It's hard mm-hmm. to save today, right. let's face it. Uh, so a lot of them have the income to afford the payments but are short on the down on payment. payment yes. And if you will be able to do that, you'll be setting your house or your home apart. Yeah. Um, it will stand out, and you will open it up to people that maybe possibly are a little short on the down payment. For sure. It's exactly. a great idea. Yeah. Then advertise it that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I mean, it, it really will stand out. I mean, yeah. it's... And I don't know. And if you have any questions, you can call us and we'll explain because sometimes it takes a while to understand how to do that. But it really, I think it's better than doing a, I mean, I don't think you should be totally overpriced. Yeah. But you know what? You can, or even when you're negotiating, yeah. you can, instead of taking the price down, which might not help somebody with a down payment, you can offer, look, we'll take off the couple of thousand dollars yeah. or 
We'll pay the points for you, and then you don't have to come up with as much cash. For sure, Dottie. And, you know, some of the things that I've been seeing recently is that, especially these, you know, the Harvard school grads, uh, you know, the, the Ivy League schoolers, mm. one, once they graduate, they earn a lot of income, right? So 24, 25 years old, earning $200,000 a year. Wow. Right? And so just graduating, they don't have a lot of money for down payment. So some of the things that we do here at Citizens that we do 90% financing up to $2 million, right? So... You uh, wait, you do 90% financing up to $2 million? Up to $2 million. Now, correct. that's amazing. It's amazing. And, you know, these kids who are 24, 25, earning 200000 each, so together they're earning 400000 they can easily afford the mortgage. They just didn't have the down payment. Sometimes they get the help from their, their parents for the down payment, which is acceptable, right? And they're buying these homes, and now they're just, you know, there's their safe bet to lend to. And so uh, we have some really great products for... Yeah, I would like to focus in on a few shows like that. And like everyone says, well, you know, so many people borrow from their parents. Not everyone's parents have the money to lend them that. All right? So I don't think sometimes people take that for granted. Oh, the parents will. Well, you know, if they have the means to, fine. But if you don't, and a lot of parents don't, or they have to worry about their retirement so that they can survive. So. The, yeah, that's that's really. Yeah. And, and for us, you know, whether you earn fifty thousand a year or five hundred thousand dollars a year, we're going to treat you the same. You know, it's private private banking for everyone. That's exactly what I love about citizens. Yeah. Everyone's, and also I'd love to talk about rent versus buy because I'm always a buyer. I'm always a believer buying, and you could say, well, that's because it's you're in real estate, and that's not the reason. I just feel if you rents are expensive today, I don't care where you go, they're not cheap. If you multiply out, and they'll do it on the show, we'll do a few examples at different price ranges. If you rent, how much it costs you in rent? Well, Dottie, I just wanted to tell our listeners it was because of you. We've been together now almost 10 years. Oh, my God. And <laughs> you always encouraged me to buy property, right? And yes. I've listened to you throughout the years, and I've accumulated a lot of equity throughout the years because mm-hmm. I listened to your advice, and that. You know, folks, I can tell you this radio show, it's invaluable because you get to spend time with Dottie every single week, every Saturday, and she's telling you, you know, what to do and, and she's shaped my my whole career and helped me build my oh, Ace, you know, please, my you're equity. gonna make me no, turn no, red. No, it's, red. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> if you, you know, could I, see me, you'd see my I, face I, in I, red. I, I, I owe I so it. much to, to your mentorship and just, you know, guiding me in the right direction. Well, I think what you're I think they folks. named you right. You are an ace. <laughs> no, it's true. Ace up the sleeve. And I remember when I worked for Merrill Lynch, my boss, my first boss said to right. me, you know, you'll be great in, in, in Merrill. You're going to be great in business. But if you really want to be rich, yeah. you got to own real estate. Real and estate. I still say that. But you have to buy it right. But there's ways to buy it. We'll be back. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Clean everything up and wash your hands a lot. And we'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.